0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
2: It's time to turn your garden into a smart garden on News Radio 830 WCCO. Smart Gardens, an hour of expert advice and answers to all of your lawn and gardening questions. You can call 989-9226 or text us at 81807. Now, here's Denny Long with this week's Smart Garden. Yes, and a proud sponsor of Buy the Yard Furniture. Proudly sponsors this show every week. We appreciate that great family-run patio furniture maker down in Jordan. Also. Denny Long here. Julie Weisenhorn from the U of M is by my hey, side. Hey, good morning, everyone. Good to <laughs> see you. It's a hot one. It's or a will blustery
3: be. day. Am I... Car was going all oh, over so the, the road the today. the wind is already happening out there. Yeah, huh? it's blowing okay. quite a bit. Yeah. yeah.
2: And it's going to be hot stuff.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: What, what would you recommend? By the way, this is our Lawn and Garden show. It's called Smart <laughs> yeah, Garden. FYI. Yes. And uh, if you have, uh, we're already getting calls, as Julie knows, and yeah, text, text, text messages. Text messages. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, we had text messages uh, three hours ago. Uh, people <laughs> Early People getting risers. ready for the show. Absolutely. We'll get to those for yeah, sure. Yeah, they're
3: first one's on my list here.
2: But uh, boy, we, I don't know about your neighborhood, but we certainly could use some rain in ours.
3: Yeah, same with, uh, same with my neighborhood, too. In fact, that's true, I think, across the metro, at least. I yeah. think up north they might have gotten a little bit of rain last week. Uh, my folks said the weather was really awesome. By the way, happy Father's Day tomorrow, Dad. Hope you're listening.
2: That's next week. Oh, is it really? Yes, so you got you got a whole week to get your dad <laughs> I set something. I the
3: card already. <laughs> you did. I'm ahead of schedule. Oh well, happy well, Father's Day. Well, your dad Day is that spe- yeah. special. He, I know he, he, he needs gets it two. He yeah. needs two Father's Day. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. It's so, um, yeah, it's dry. So I'm ho- I'm really hoping that we get some of these predicted storms. Yes, not bad. Not ones. bad storms. Yeah, just some good uh, steady rain would be terrific.
2: Excellent. All right. Should we put you to work now? Not that we don't like to do that anyway, but uh, 651-989-9226 or text number is 81807. Let's pick up on some text messages. Let's let's do those two that
3: came in early. So actually, I have almost the same response for both of them. One is on uh, roses, John Cabot rose that has many branches with shriveled leaves, mostly on the ends of these. No buds or blooms yet, 17-year-old plants. Uh, First year with no blooms by mid-June help. And- um, the second is actually about a maple tree that has black spots and dropping. Any idea what this might be? So the, the rose, um, because, it's, uh, because it's getting later in the season and there's no sign of life on these branches and the leaves are shriveling up, uh, this might be a case, and same with the maple, uh, is to actually send a sample into our plant disease clinic, uh, particularly because these are valuable plants. They're long-time roses and a, and a mature tree. And when you have issues like that, the best thing to do is actually send a sample in. And, and uh, you can go to PDC, Plant Disease Clinic, pdc.umn.edu, uh, and they'll give you all the instructions there. Uh, the other thing, too, is to send a photo in to Ask Extension, and, and we can see if we can help. We can't really diagnose that on the, on the air here, but um, mm. those are – if you have a disease issue or a disease concern, those are two really good ways to get started in uh, uh, finding out what might be the problem. Let's
2: get that website again.
3: Oh, yeah, extension.umn.edu. Uh, you can click on the Garden tab and go to Yard and Garden.
2: Excellent. All right, back to the phones we go. Let's see, Gary in Moundsview is first up here. Gary, good morning.
3: Good morning. Good morning.
2: How are you guys doing? Good. We're Good. Good. I have a 25-year-old maple tree that started about
4: three years ago, getting that verticillium. Verticillium wilt? Yep. Mm -hmm. And it's finally completed its process of totally dying. Yep. And my questions are, how soon do I need to cut that down? And also, what can I replace that nice maple tree with? And how far away from the stump do I need to plant it?
3: Oh, okay. Well, uh, I think I would take it out pretty quick. And um, and I don't know if actually if there's a chance of it spreading necessarily through the soil or not. But um, I think when you, I would contact a certified arborist to come in and take a look at how to remove that tree and then ask them a little bit. They can look at your site and assess the situation. You'll want to grind that stump out. There's a lot of roots that are going to show up and, and you know, that are going to be uh, degrading under soil. So... Yeah, I would, I'd contact a certified arborist. Our extension site has a good, um, a good publication called How to Hire a Certified Arborist. And that gives you some good questions and background and, and locations to, uh, to contact to find one. So whenever you have a, a mature tree like that, whether you're taking it out or you have a problem with it, a certified arborist is a great way to go.
2: I agree. We're good. Susie is calling from Arden Hills this morning. Hi, Susie.
3: Hi Danny, good morning. Happy morning. Father's Day, everybody. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> I've started a trend. <laughs> <laughs> We're changing the date. Say
0: that. <laughs> I had to say that. Um, I have a question about uh, a question about two different plants, but the same type of question, and it's the trimming. Because of the weather, that everything's going crazy and all of my coral bells, different varieties, have had those blooms already with the spiky long sure. things that I don't particularly care for and I cut them back <laughs> and I've been told Oh, you're ruining the plant and shortening its life. I do it anyway. I'm wanting to know if I am ruining the plant and shortening its life. And the second part of that trimming question is, with my Arctic Kiwi, it's a beautiful um, vine on an arbor, and it's just got all these spindly things going out. Can I cut those back, or should I reroute them?
3: I think, uh, are the spindly things dead, or are they alive?
0: Oh, no, they're alive and okay.
3: moving. I think I've you... got
0: a, I have a morning dove. Nest in that bush. Oh, okay. Beautiful morning. Though. Nice. So, yeah, this is fun.
3: Well, I think with the coral bells, you can go ahead and trim those off if those flowers are done blooming or if you don't like the way they look. Um, you're not going to degrade the vigor of the plant. Just there's not much green material on those um, on those extensions on those but on those spikes of flowers. Most people grow them for the flowers, but sometimes the colors aren't so great. It's mostly the foliage that we grow the hooker for. And as far as the arctic kiwi, um, we have an excellent publication on the kiwi, and I would take a look at that as to where when you should prune. But I would reroute those at this point. We're early in the season, and I think I would reroute those back into the vine or into a different trellising area, whatever uh, is convenient for you.
2: Thank you, Susie. By the way, Susie has a phenomenal landscaped yard. Yes. Gorgeous. I've,
3: she's called many times. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, she's, she's traveled a, with us, she's too. She's a regular. Yeah,
2: yeah. Always had good taste. Yeah, right awesome. All right. Let's take a break, shall we? Let's do that. Uh, Julie is uh, with us, Julie Wise and with us the rest of the hour. 651 989 9226. send a text and we'll get back to those too at 819. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. And good morning. Welcome back to this portion of our Lawn and Garden show. It's called Smart Garden. We welcome your phone calls and text messages. And Julie Weisenhorn from the U of M, we have tons of both. Yeah, awesome. As you can see. Did you want to pick up on a text or two before we head to the phone?
3: So I'm super happy about this. There's a certified arborist who texted in that verticillium wilt is active in the soil. It could spread to a new tree. So uh, the gentleman who called in about the maple that died from the verticillium wilt, uh, the certified arborist recommends that you need to plant a resistant species. So when you go to look for a new tree— uh, make sure that it is resistant to verticillium wilt. Now, resistance means that it, it's less likely that it's going to succumb to that. It's not immune to it. So you have to bear that in mind. But, um, but yes, thank you so much for texting in Certified Arborist. That's awesome. Good.
2: Great. Uh, back to the phones we go. Jan is calling from Roseville with a question. Go ahead, Jan. Hi, Julie. Thank
1: you for taking my call. You bet. Actually, I have two questions. I have had a little patch of rhubarb for... Many years and nothing ever bothers it. And uh, this year, something came and ate off all the leaves. It's standing out there, the stalks just sitting there. Wow. They both eat rhubarb.
3: Wow. Uh, boy, anything, it'd have to be something big like a deer, I would think, that would eat the rhubarb. Do we have, do
1: have deer around here in Roseville, but I've seen their footprints, right? In the patch, and they've never bothered
3: it. Oh, you mm-hmm. know, but sometimes deer will just, that that might just be what they want, or they can't find <laughs> yeah. something else that they're looking for. Yeah. That's all I could think. I mean, something that would eat the leaves completely off would have to be a very big animal. Think, yeah. If if they're kind of ragged on the ends where the animal chewed it off.
1: Uh, no, just the bear stalks are sticking up.
3: Right, yeah, so I'm guessing it would have to be that.
1: Yeah. It would have to be yeah, the so. a deer. And then quickly, uh, if I may, what is the best fertilizer for rhubarb? I've put composted uh, manure and things on. I get good leaves but awfully
3: skinny stalks. Okay. Um, Well, there isn't really a fertilizer for it, and it would depend on the soil that you are planting in. Uh, It could be that the plant is um, that you want to just use probably just a balanced uh like a ten 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 type fertilizer, in fact, in other words, it has ten percent nitrogen and and the phosphorus and the potassium in it just a balanced you could look for a vegetable, also a vegetable uh type of um fertilizer specific for that, okay, You're probably your local garden center can help you out with that. I'm sure
2: all right, let's go to Brainerd, Minnesota. I think Brenda is waiting there. Go ahead, Brenda, thank you.
5: Hi, Kevin and, and Cindy. Uh, hi, Julie and Denny. Well. I have a, a, an area, a shady area, and um, I want to put perennials in there, something that is not more than three feet high, but something like a hosta that I can, can't kill because okay. can, I'll probably kill it, but colorful. Could you suggest anything that doesn't spread that I could put in there?
3: Well, if you like hosta, of course, there's many, many kinds of hosta. Uh, in fact, there's one. I have one in my yard called Red October, and it has red uh, stems, which is a little bit of added mm. color. There's also, of course, the variegated hosta. Um, I I like the big chartreuse colors; those really show up um, in the in the dark. Also, there's um, there's some like hay cone grass, H uh, A K O N E, and that has kind of that is a chartreuse grassy look to it. That's a cool plant. Um, Actually, if if you go up to a local garden center and take a look at their shade plants, those are probably all good options. Now, deer like all of those, so you'll have to uh, protect them at least while they're getting uh, while they're getting larger. Or you maybe have a fenced-in yard that you can uh, protect, you know, that are safe for the deer. So, um, but those are those are a couple of options. There's also wildflowers that bloom in the spring. So many many choices. We have a publication on our extension site on uh, gardening in the shade. And that has a a plant list to start with, also our Plant Elements of Design database. So those are both found on our Extension site. Which is? Extension.umn.edu. Click on the Garden tab, go to Yard and Garden.
2: Thanks, Brenda. Would you like to be called Cindy from now on? What do you think? (laughs) Should we change your name?
3: (laughs) I'm good. (laughs) Okay. All right.
2: Steve is calling from Monticello. Steve, you're on with, I was going to say Cindy, with Julie. Please. Please.
4: Hi, uh, Julie. Um, See, I've got a Christmas cactus. I was wondering how often I should water that.
3: Uh, When it's very dry. So those like to dry out. uh, We tend to overwater them. And when you do water it, make sure that it completely drains. So if it's in a secondary pot, put it in the sink, water it, make sure it drains, and then you can put it, set it back in that secondary pot. But uh, oftentimes people overwater those. So just make sure it drains well.
2: Okay, thank you, Steve. Michael is next on CCU. Michael, you're on with Julie. Good
3: morning. Good morning. I have
4: uh, two uh, miniature lilac bushes that have pretty much finished blooming, and but they have overgrown in our backyard landscape area. And when is uh, a time that I can trim them back and not damage the blooming for next year?
3: Yeah, now would be a good time. You want to usually prune them within a couple of weeks of blooming. I would not prune them today because it's going to be very hot hot and windy. But, yeah, when it cools down, you could do that now.
4: Okay, and then how much of a window of time? Like through the month of June if I don't have opportunity, like next weekend type of thing?
3: Yeah, you could do it next weekend, sure. Oh, okay. All right. Great. Well, thank you so much. You bet.
2: All right. Very good. That line is open at 651-989-9226. Patty is calling from Minneapolis with a question. Go ahead, Patty.
6: Hi. Thank you for taking my call. I have a question about hydrangeas. Sure. I have um, lovely hydrangeas in the back, but I didn't cut them down. All I did was, you know, I deadhead them in the spring. Right. But my, I have a hydrangea in the front, which I did cut pretty way down. And that one is coming up, blooming with buds. The ones in the back that I just deadheaded, um, nothing. I, mean, I don't see any buds
3: yet. Are they all the same? Yes. Well, I think so. Okay. Um, well, if the one, did you, you know, I wonder if you maybe pruned them. Um, maybe pruned off the flower buds. Would that be possible, or you did know, you? you know, them? You
6: know, I left them all winter, and they were all, you know, brown and icky looking, and mm-hmm. so I just took the heads off. But my I guess, my real question is next uh, next in the fall if i don't get flowers on these should i just cut them all the way down
3: if it's if it's the same kind as you have in the front yard and that's working that would be Probably advisable. Yeah, it'd be great to know which kind of hydrangea it is. Do you know?
6: Yeah, yeah, you know, I don't. Okay. I guess I don't, I don't know. I had a company come put them in. Sure. But you think maybe when I took those dead heads off, I maybe took the buds off also. Well,
3: maybe you might have. Uh, it could also be as the sun differently. You have to look at the amount of light that the one in the backyard is getting versus the one in the front yard. Um has the one in the front yard been watered more? Did you fertilize it? Did you not do that no, in the backyard? Haven't done anything so, with okay. One in the, okay
6: in the front yard. So I guess I, maybe for next year, you know, in the fall top branches, like I maybe did, did to the one in the front and see if that works. I can't remember what I did the year before, but last year they bloomed great. so whatever I did worked out.
3: But. Okay, so I would go back to what you did before. Okay, okay, all right, thank you very much. You bet Very good six five one
2: nine eight nine nine two two six. Text is 81807. Nice. As you know, Julie, uh, we got uh, some sad news a bit ago. Um, We received a call from our friend, uh, Dale Bachman, who's a friend of CCO's and a friend of CCO friend of the University of Minnesota on horticultural science. And uh, a gentleman that we worked with, I did not hear this, and and Dale uh, gave me the news that uh, our friend and a longtime employee of Bachman's, uh, Mike Hibbert, has passed away.
3: Oh, and there's sad. going to be a
2: celebration of his life at Cross of Christ Community Church in Lakeville at eleven o'clock this morning. But uh, we appreciate the information uh, from Dale. And uh, Dale's going to be—they're going to be planning something special at Bachman's itself. And we'll—we'll we'll talk to Dale about that when that gets organized. But we thought we—a lot of folks have known mm-hmm. Mike Hibbert for a lot of the work he did not only at Bachman's on this station. He's taken CCO Good Neighbor tours as well oh, for wow. holiday vacations. So. We're sorry to tell you about the loss of, of Mike Hibbert. Thank you, Dale, for, for letting us know. And welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. It is sponsored by our good friends at Buy the Yard, who make the best patio furniture in the whole world down near Jordan, Minnesota. If you're just joining us, Julie Weisenhorn from the U of M is uh, with us in studio. And as usual. We have a lot of questions. <laughs> a lot of questions, both on the phone <laughs> yeah. and by text. Should we get back to the phone? Yeah, let's,
3: let's get moving. All right,
2: let's see who's been waiting. Uh, Mary Lou is calling from Crystal. Go ahead, Mary Lou.
3: Uh
5: good morning. I have morning. a question about peonies. Sure. And uh, let's see, run through my list here. After or first of all about fertilizing. I have um composted cow manure that I've used and I'm wondering if that is good.
3: Sure, that's great. Yep, okay. that's a great great okay, compost
5: that's or great. Good. And now after well not they're not totally done, but they're almost done blooming. Okay. And I'm wondering About that little seed pod? Yep. Should I be cutting that off?
3: Yes, you should cut that off.
5: Okay. And um, then about, I also heard one time that I'm not supposed to cut for like cut flowers. I shouldn't cut any more than two-thirds of the bush because they need that for...
3: Oh, sure. No, I, you know, you can cut, you can cut... The flowers, that's fine. Um, you're not cutting very many leaves off, and that's the biggest area of photosynthesis. Oh, okay. So okay. I think the instruction with peonies, I just read an article, and I think it came it came from Bachman's, I think, but mm. to only cut like two sets of leaves with every flower. Don't cut right oh, down at the bottom every? of the stem. Yeah, okay. leave the bigger well, leaves.
5: I'm sorry. I, I noticed this year, especially with all the rain we had, that mine have gotten really tall.
3: Yes. And yeah. I kind
5: of like to keep them you know, like a nice little-sized bush, but I'm not sure if I should cut cut those stems back so that I can kind of make it rounded.
3: Not at this point.
5: Yeah, I've heard wait until
3: fall on that. Yeah, wait until, yeah, and actually, I mean, it may be if the, if the shrubs are getting really huge, it may be, you maybe need to divide them.
2: Okay. Very good. Thanks, Mary Lou. Uh, 651-989-9226. If you'd uh, rather send a text, 81807. Uh, who is next here would be uh, Bruce is calling from New Prague, Minnesota. Go ahead, Bruce. Yes,
4: I have a uh, mock orange. I've had them planted for five years. They've just bloomed for the first time this year. Nice. And I'm wondering, can I be trimming them back uh, now or should I just leave them go?
3: Leave them go. Let them, let them go through their bloom cycle. And then okay. you can do some pruning after that.
4: Well, once they're done blooming, I can prune.
3: Then you can prune, yep. Okay. Okay,
4: okay. great. the other thing, the, the the lady that asked about the rhubarb, Yes. Try, try putting potash around it. I used to work at a fertilizer plant, and that's what we used to do, and it seemed to help a lot. So. Okay, mm. so that's the third potash.
3: number. That's uh, potassium or potash, you're correct. And, and so that's a possibility, too, yeah. Right, we do deal. have a publication on rhubarb, growing rhubarb, and, and, and anybody with rhubarb questions, somebody's... Text a number of times saying that a, da- a bear has been seen in Roseville. That was in the news, yeah yeah, and it was in the news, and that uh, you know that that might be the critter eating those leaves. It has to be a big animal.
2: <laughs> but those leaves you said are kind of they're well, not... they
3: have a they have an acid in them yeah. that uh, we can't eat them. But I don't know, maybe the animals can digest it better. Wow. I'm okay. not an animal scientist. Okay. <laughs> Could be. A and don't text in anymore yes, about please, the, bear. the bear. Forget it. <laughs> We got a lot to go through. We don't have footprints or droppings <laughs> yeah. or anything like that.
2: All right. Uh, Ken is calling from Blaine, Minnesota. The question. Go ahead, Ken.
4: Good morning. Morning. Uh, I have a bur oak uh, that we planted. Uh, I think it was early September last year, and um,
1: amongst some other trees, but um, and it's about. 10 to 12 feet tall. Sure. And uh, this spring, uh, the trees uh, that we had planted, they
4: all leafed out very well. But now on the, on the burr oak, I noticed, uh, well,
1: Monday I was out looking at them and at the trees and they looked fine. And then yesterday I noticed the burr oak has some yellow and brown leaves coming
4: out, What could be the problem okay. there.
3: So So is it profusely yellow and brown leaves or is it just a few here and there?
4: Well, it's not the whole tree. Okay. I mean, it's, it looks like, I don't know, I'm just concerned that the trend, I don't know.
3: Okay. Um, I would just kind of keep an eye on it at this point, and if you do have a question about it, you can either send in a photo to Ask Extension, and we can see if we can help you out, or mm-hmm. contact an arborist to come and take a look. And then they can assess all of your trees, too. Could
1: that be uh, due to, like, uh, the... Hot could be the heat, yeah, with with low moisture.
3: It could be that, yes, yeah, and and that's a great. Thanks for mentioning that because that's actually a great uh, segue into being sure that everybody's watering their mature trees and their newly planted trees as well, especially with the dry mm-hmm. conditions we have, and also the wind. Uh, this is not the day to be planting. Uh, it's best to wait. Uh, plant you know next week sometime. Uh, If you have annuals that you're waiting to plant or other plants, then uh, set them in the shade, keep them cool, keep them watered. But, uh, yeah, so that's a great – I'm glad, Ken, that you mentioned that because that's um, really important is watering our mature trees and, of course, the newly planted trees too. Two great publications on extension. You can go to the extension site – Uh, Go to the Yard and Garden page, and it's called Water Wisely, and and we have all sorts of information about watering lawns, gardens, and trees. And there's two excellent publications about watering established trees and watering newly planted trees with great guidance. All right, we'll get back
2: to the text messages in uh, a moment, but Kim in Minneapolis has been waiting. Thank you, Kim. What's your question?
0: I have a question about peonies. Um, When would be the best time to split them?
3: Uh, I am going to have to look that. Up. I think they're best divided in the fall, either early spring or the fall.
0: Okay, I know there's some pretty good information from the previous caller. A couple things that I had asked. Oh, I had good questions on too. So that answers some of those. Um, all right, I will wait for the fall to do that.
2: Okay. Excellent. Thank you, Kim. Uh, next, uh, let's go to Maple Grove. I think Dave is there. Dave, you're on with Julie.
4: Good morning. Good uh, morning. I have a question, of, uh, a question about an endless summer hydrangea.
3: Okay. Uh,
4: um last year uh it had about four blooms on it and we had all we've always uh cut it back um you know every every fall cut the uh branches down to about 18 inches. this year we just left them uh is it a, you know do we I I've kind of always uh understood that they bloom on old wood
3: They bloom on both old and new wood that's one of okay. their features.
4: Okay. So um, do I trim back some of those or just take just keep an eye on them and see which ones are starting to get blooms and trim the other ones back?
3: Uh, I think I wouldn't do any more trimming. I would let the plant grow through the season. Okay. And, uh, and then I, I'm just looking at uh, we have a good uh, website on um, Endless Summer from Bailey Nurseries. Uh, they're okay. the the releaser, I believe, of Endless Summer, and they have information on the um, on blooming, and uh, that might be helpful to look at. There's also an, uh, an article that we wrote, and oh, it was a couple of years ago now, on our yard and garden page about about hydrangea and particularly Endless Summer mm-hmm. because it is yeah. a it is something that it's somewhat of a challenge for yeah. Minnesota gardeners to get that to rebloom, so
4: Yeah, yeah. does the, uh, uh, adding the sulfur to the soil to get the blue color help at all?
3: That helps, uh, but that helps more for that uh, to change the pH yep. temporarily yep. so that you get that bluer color. Actually, it's, a, it's not the sulfur as much as it is aluminum sulfate. So there's uh-huh. an elemental sulfur and then there's aluminum sulfate. And aluminum sulfate is what turns it blue.
4: Okay, great. I really appreciate it. I love you guys' show. We'll oh, thank you. We listen to it you. every Saturday. So Thank awesome. you, Dave.
2: Awesome. Thank appreciate you. that. Care. Thanks. Thank you yep. so much. 79 degrees is our Twin City temperature, and we're going for about 95 or so, Julie, and I think <laughs> your point is well taken. But don't, don't plant <laughs> yeah, stuff today.
3: Yeah, probably just wait. The wind is particularly the issue because it really will desiccate and dry Boy, out anything you put in the ground. That's for sure. So just hold off. It's a good day to sit in the shade with a cool drink.
2: Yeah, in that by-the-art furniture. In the backyard, yes. Okay. if You got that,
3: <laughs> Valerie, Valerie and Ham. <laughs> you do. <laughs> I
2: do I love it. <laughs> Valerie and Ham Lake is next on C- So Go ahead, Valerie.
6: Hi, I
0: planted um, some hedgehog bushes this year, and now I think I may have burnt them watering because the tops of them are all brown. And I'm just wondering if I can actually revive
3: those plants. I do not know what a hedgehog bush is. Never oh, heard of okay. that. Do you know the? Do you know the actual? I think it's
0: like an aborate, aborate or,
3: or. Okay. Mm. Boy. Um, well, if you, you think you burnt them watering them?
0: I don't know. It's just the tops of them are all okay. brown. And I planted other evergreens that same day and they're not having the same situation. Okay. They, so they I'm they... kind of wondering what I may have done to, they're a smaller evergreen bush.
3: Okay. So they may be, um, have you watered them? pretty religiously? I have.
0: I've been watering them okay. a lot. I've been watering them once to twice a day. Okay. Yeah.
3: The hot, dry weather, it, it could be spider mite issues. If you oh, see, if you spray okay. them with water and you see a fine webbing, it could be spider okay. mites because that will cause a browning and particularly on the needles. Um if, okay. if it's been in very, very hot, hot sun, it could be a little bit of burning or dryness, mm-hmm. uh, though nice. you've been watering it. Um, but I'm guessing it's probably maybe Spider-Mind. So maybe take a closer look at that, and if you can get a photo of it, you can send that to Ask Extension.
2: Okay. Tell you what, let's do that. And As we head to the break, how about the uh, Extension Uh, site?
3: Extension.umn.edu. Click on the Garden tab, go to Yard and Garden, and if you scroll down, you'll come to Ask Extension, and that's where you can contact us in a number of different ways.
2: Now, for those that are regular listeners, know that Julie is a musician (laughs) extraordinaire as well. I don't know. I've
3: been kind of gardening a lot this this spring. (laughs) But
2: that's therapy, though. Yeah. Well, Uh, mm, sometimes. (laughs) One of the abiders is going to be playing that. We're
3: actually playing tonight out at Lupine Brewing in Delano. And we start at 7.30, play till 10.30, and uh, kind of an offshoot band called the Roadside Distractions that I'm in. Uh, we're playing at the Arboretum tomorrow and Music in the Garden to support the Arboretum. What time? So we start at 1 o'clock and we'll be at the Ordway Picnic Shelter, weather permitting. All right. Yeah, Excellent. that's going to be a lot of fun. I should Both be. Both of them will.
2: Stay cool. All right. Yeah. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. And welcome back to this portion of our Smart Garden Show around every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour thanks to our friends at Buy the Yard Patio Furniture. You want to pick up on some text messages? Oh, my well, gosh. Let's do it.
3: Well, let's get Bev. Oh, get uh, you know, Bev. has Bev been waiting here. Let's,
2: let's get Bev's call uh, taken care of. Hi, Bev. Hello. What can we do for you?
0: Um, Hold on just a second. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> um, I have at a cabin up north, um, some irises that were planted between two trees and they were doing great. And then I thought I wanted to add some color a little bit later in the year, so I added some daylilies. And now the irises are not blooming. Do those two not get along well?
3: Nope, they're fine together.
0: Okay. So um, is there some fertilizer or something that I need for the irises?
3: Well, if it's up north, uh, if it's sandy soil, yes. uh, that can be. You you probably need to add in some. Uh, did you add compost or mix anything in when you planted them?
0: I didn't plant them; they were there when we got there. Oh, okay, so but I you planted really the lilies. Done anything to them? Yeah.
3: yeah, but you planted the lilies now. Um, no, they should be. You know, they should be fine. It could uh, are the are did they bud out the flowers?
0: Um, they haven't for a couple of years.
3: Okay, um, it may be too shady if they're under trees. Okay, are, are they under evergreens or are they under deciduous trees or a mixture? Deciduous. Okay, so it might be yeah, it might be too shady for those plants. Those are s- full sun plants, oh, and okay. uh, and they should be planted in full sun. So that's my guess. If the plant is otherwise healthy, I would say that that's that's the issue.
2: Okay. Thank you, Bev, for yeah. waiting. You want to grab uh, some text okay, messages? Okay, let's see. see uh,
3: let's see. Somebody's asking. We got a couple people. Let's see. Jeff in Maple Grove's asking about spider mites, fatal on their trees. It can. It's not fatal, but spider mites can knock a tree down. It can actually, you know, uh, it's feeding on the foliage. Uh, you'll want to do something to. to uh, you can spray them. Um, you can also. Uh, wait it out and see if they're big, mature, healthy trees and, and, you know, they might succumb to a little bit of damage from spider mites. Um, But take a look at that. And um, they are notoriously hot, dry weather insects. So once we get some rain, you'll probably see that population go down a little bit. Um, Autumn maple, let's see, autumn blaze maple has black spots on leaves. I did send a picture to the Extension Center. They said it was because of too much moisture. It could be anthracnose. Uh, The best way you know, best thing to do is have that diagnosed by a, a certified arborist. Have someone come and take a look at that. But anthracnose is in our environment. It's not uh, not necessarily a fatal uh, disease. We really there's really nothing to do about it. So uh, if there's some other reason, you could certainly have someone come and take a look at that.
2: So it's not fatal.
3: It's not necessarily fatal. Okay. It can it can stress a tree, but it's not necessarily okay. fatal. And there's not any there's nothing to spray or anything to do. Um, is it a typical characteristic for Siberian irises to lose their proud, upright posture after transplanting mine collapse outward within one to two years of splitting? Uh, it can be also if the soil is, is uh, very, very rich or if it's too wet or if, uh, you know, if, if they can actually collapse and, and uh, just kind of fall down after they bloom. That's happened before. You can put a ring around them uh, that will be hidden somewhat by the foliage uh, if you want to keep that upright form. Um, let's see, that's a question for the next show. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about fascia board, uh, pruning lilacs. Now, uh, it's getting a little bit late uh, for pruning lilacs. Um, if, if, if they've, if it's been a couple of weeks since they've bloomed, then yes, you could, um, you can, you can prune them, but you might lose some of the flower buds. So just take that into mind. Violets, uh, in your lawn, that's a broadleaf, Weed, Um, there's a great publication on lawn weeds and diseases on our extension site, which is extension.umn.edu. Go to the lawn and garden, and you can find violets uh, under that. Still plant today? No, I'd hold off. Uh, Rabbits are taking over, something to do to deter them uh, from hostas and flowers. A good fence. Um, Sometimes milorganite has uh, been helpful, into tearing them or some other kind of repellent. Uh Uh-oh, you shut off the screen, Denny. (laughs) You can't see those. I did? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-oh. I
2: must have bumped it somehow.
3: Well, let's see. What else can we talk
2: about? Let's see. Oh, there we go. is. We're back.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, funny. Keeping geese geese off lawns. uh, The best thing to do is actually plant, um, say, if they're coming in off of a lake, plant a buffer between your lakeshore and your lawn. Uh, it will help to minimize uh, any runoff into the lake as well. Uh, plus, the geese won't walk through about a six-foot buffer or so. They won't. They're scared, yeah, because they're hidden. They're, they can't see then. So uh, that's one thing to do. Too many people have lawns that go all the way down to their shoreline, and then they complain about geese. And the best thing to do is is to plant that buffer. It's safer for the lake. We're done. We're out of time. Okay. <laughs> all right. And asparagus, yeah, go to the website. Okay, which is <laughs> extension.umn.edu. Click on the garden tab. In the case of asparagus, go to vegetables. You'll see a publication on that.
2: Thank you, Julie. We'll yeah. see you down the road. Stay sounds cool. Sounds good. Yeah. Right. Very good. Bye-bye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.